I remember when I first mentioned to my senior seminar class that my topic was going to be on The Bachelor. Um, it was not as exciting of a reaction as I was expecting or wanted, but you know, I understand. I understand that it's a very small group of people who actually enjoy the show, or maybe it's a very big group of people who enjoy the show but are too scared to say they enjoy the show. Something I've really noticed is that all the people who I've interviewed are Bachelor watchers, but they're almost shameful about it. It's almost like the secret society of Bachelor watchers in my school, but there's actually more than I expected, which just goes to show how secretive we are as Bachelor fans. But back to the point of the podcast, as I get closer and closer to discovering what makes The Bachelor neurologically addictive, there is, in any addiction, something that hooks you, something that makes you want to start taking the drug in the first place. Some people, maybe they're addicted to caffeine and coffee starts out as just a way to keep them awake and to like keep working for a couple more hours and then suddenly you can't live without that caffeine. I wouldn't say that a bachelor addiction is that extreme, but that's just an example of what we'll be talking about today. We'll be talking about that hook and the appeal to The Bachelor as a show. Why do we continue to watch despite the many controversies and even the unrealistic aspect of the show? I've brought back my two guests from last episode, Mimi and Lamia, as well as seven interviews from Bachelor watchers at my school. Thanks for tuning in. start watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise? I don't know exactly when, but I think I started watching, it was definitely after I moved to Connecticut, so I think it was about five years ago. I think it was JoJo's season. Do you have a preference out of the shows, like, do you like The Bachelor or Bachelorette better? Mm. Or do you like Bachelor in Paradise best? I like that one the least. Yeah. Uh, the Bachelor in Paradise. Um, between Bachelor and Bachelor, I don't. It's more, I get interested or less interested based on who the Bachelor or Bachelorette is. Okay. Yeah. When did you first start watching The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise? I watched the first season with oh. Alex. Wow. Yep. I'm that old. What made you interested <laughs> in getting to watch it? Especially for the first season, there must have been something. Yeah, well, I was young and single. Mm-hmm. And I, it intrigued me because reality TV wasn't really that popular then. And I think it came out around the same year Survivor did. Mm-hmm. And I was just intrigued by the fact that just regular, I'm doing air quotes right now, regular people were going on TV. Um, and I was a romantic, I think, and and. Um, was intrigued by the the love story part of it. Do you have a preference out of the shows that they're on the Bachelor franchise? Which one do I like the best? Yeah. Probably Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, really? Yeah. That's shocking. Everyone hates Bachelor in Paradise. I love it. I love it. It is a... It's an S show. (laughs) And um, I think now that I'm older, 
I'm more mature. I've been married for 15 years. The romanticism of it isn't as appealing to me as the the drama right. and the nonsense and the the good TV of it is I think is kind of what I'm more into now versus the true love stories. So you mentioned good TV. So what exactly is good TV for you? Like Demi. Does she not have parents? Like, I'm just confused. Okay. Tracy's just wait inside there. What's going on? Tracy's upset because Demi wanted to take him to the fantasy. No, why? I don't know what's happening in there. And she got on a rope. So I don't know what's under the rope. And I'm a little nervous. Let's unbutton this a bit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Would you like to come home to this? <laughs> Dang. Right? Yeah. Wouldn't move. this be a nice way to come home? Uh, yeah, definitely something I can get used to. Right? So <laughs> the, uh, the, the people that come in and you go, oh, boy, what's going to happen? Um, for me, that's, that's good TV. Okay. I started watching On and Off from college, probably, I'm not, I haven't like consistently watched until recently, like the more recent years. I do like The Bachelorette, I think, more than I do The Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise. I think some of my friends were watching and talking about it, and so when I would hang out with them, they would want to watch it, and so I just started and kind of added on to it because I wanted to see what would happen. Uh, I, I feel like there wasn't a, a huge personal draw or like reason for it. Um, other than it was sort of like this mass cultural moment when it first started where just like the concept was so wild, like when it first started in terms of like these people are going to come on a show and by the end of like two or three months, they were going to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, and like now it doesn't seem that crazy since it's been what, like 15, 20 years, something crazy like that. But, um, I remember just the concept sort of blowing me away and people starting to talk about it, you know, when I was in high school and college. And then I, I really started watching it um, like when I started my first job because a bunch of people at my, my first job watched it. And so I sort of wanted to be a part of that and got hooked. I don't have a good reason other than it was sort of like pop culture and I kind of wanted to be a part of those conversations, I would say. Um, I, I really stuck to the two main ones, Bachelor, Bachelorette, I'd say I've watched probably like between 10 and 15 total episodes of Bachelors in Paradise or what I think Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was too, it was too crazy for me. Like it didn't even make <laughs> sense. Like it was way too intense. Like the situations were so contrived and weird and I, it was just like, not my bad. I started watching The Bachelor when, or Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise came later for me. Around 2011, when uh, my now wife and I moved in together, I, I have I have several thing things. Okay, so one, I like the Bachelorette better than the Bachelor. Mm. I find the the small talk and the drama among the male contestants to be a little more entertaining. Yeah. And uh, Bachelor in Paradise, I would say, is my least favorite, but I still watch it. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Um, also, wait, real quick, to back up my other, the first point there, okay. I've also found that the bachelorettes tend to be better runners of the show. 
Mm. Which makes those seasons better to watch, in my opinion. Some of the bachelors, I'm like, what are you doing? Like the the, the guys who lead the the show, or whatever. Yeah. What made you interested in the show, or why specifically did you start watching? Like, was your wife more interested, and you kind of just got dragged into it, or were, were there any particular reasons why you personally were interested? It was a combination of my wife being interested, but also some members of her family being interested. It gave us something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, yeah, what, you know, it, it's a common, like, touchstone for lots of people. You know, like, a lot of our television watching habits are, like, scattered all over the place, except The Bachelor still has a pretty good place in the mainstream. A lot of people watch it. Yeah. So it gave me, it, you know, it was a social thing as well. When did you first start watching? The Bachelor franchise? Um, I think around 2015. Do you have any preference between the shows and the Bachelor franchise? Not now. I did in the beginning. I used to like The Bachelorette the best mm-hmm. and then the, the Bachelor in Paradise the least. Yes. But now, at this point, I like them all. I started watching because of the drama between the women on, a, on one of the Bachelor seasons. There was one woman who was really uh, advertised as kind of crazy, yeah. and I tuned in. I happened to catch it, and then I stayed because I was interested in what was going to happen. Question is, when did you first start watching shows in the Bachelor franchise? Um, probably close to when it started, maybe four or five seasons in. Oh. So long time ago. But I, I sort of tuned in erratically over the years, depending on when I had small children and, you know. Mm-hmm. Sort of time dependent a little bit. I don't watch The Bachelor in Paradise because it's just too much. I don't like the behaviors of those of the people, and I just can't. I can't stand it. Mm. I really can't. And similarly, I much prefer The Bachelorette to The Bachelor because I think actually this is terrible to say, but I think the women on The Bachelor display all the worst behaviors of women that I sort of have fought against in my whole life as a woman. So it's harder for me to watch those kinds of behaviors, women treating each other that way. Right. So I prefer The Bachelorette where, like, I don't really care how men treat each other. <laughs> that kind of nonsense, you know, yeah. if they want to, like, bump their chest together, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fascinated by human behavior mm-hmm. in general. Like, I could sit on a bench and watch the world go by, and I'm not looking at nature, I'm watching human beings. The choices people make, and trying to figure out people's motivations, trying to predict what people will do. Yeah, that's a big part of it, is trying to predict, like, who's she gonna choose? Who's gonna, you know, how's this date gonna go? It's like all fascinating to me. Um, so that's, that's the interesting part to me, is sort of the, the, like, how well do I know people, and what can I learn about people? What more can I learn about people and relationships by watching this? Do you have a favorite season or favorite Bachelor or Bachelorette contestant? Um, not really, um, because it's like I'm inter- Again, it's I'm generally interested in all the people and all the relationships and all the interactions and all the dynamics. Um, so I don't really. That's not the way I relate to the show in general. Uh-huh. So. Okay. So how do you relate to the show? Like nothing is more interesting to me than partnering and marriage, right? And how people do that and come to that. 
So I, I'm continually interested in like how people fall in love and how people, you know, commit to each other and whether that works out. And it's sort of the beginning of all that and trying to like continually get insight about just relationships in general. Is that why you started watching The Bachelor? Well, Mimi, um, the answer is no. That is not the reason why I started watching The Bachelor. If it were easy, I would have stopped watching a long time ago. I feel like I should have known that the show wasn't worth the time after Peter's season, but somehow it made me even more intrigued. I innocently started watching The Bachelor on a whim during the summer of 2020. Clayton's season was almost over and ABC was filled with previews of the crazy finale. I guess Grey's Anatomy wasn't hitting the same after the fifth watch, so I thought I'd give the stupid reality show a chance. And then, I was hooked. I watched Clayton's season, Peter's, Hannah Brown's, Claire's, Tasha's, Matt's, Katie's, Michelle's, Juan Pablo's, Rachel Lindsay's, Ben Higgins, and most recently, Clayton's season. And I'm looking forward to Rachel and Gabby's, which should be pretty messy. So what do you like about The Bachelor? You know, when I'm watching the bachelor like i'm it's pretty cynical like this is all for people to to get famous to make money mm. and like they're all quite attractive and they're all going to be fine right. um and there's a lot of people that are just not good good people that end up on these shows and so like it's kind of fun to, to laugh at all that because it is it's like a guilty pleasure kind of thing right. you know for me i'm a I, I teach history i teach civics i teach about imperialism i, I teach a lot of like things that are really terrible like, and, and I think about this stuff a lot and, uh, and I try and keep up with the news. And like, this is, this is a way to escape all that, right. you know, for like 45 minutes or an hour or something where you could, you could just like, the, the world's problems will still be there and I can re-engage with that. But like, it's, I think it's not healthy for anyone to be only thinking about all the bad things that are happening in the world. And so this is where like, I think of like reality TV and like movies, like sports, like TV shows, like all that stuff to me is like escapism. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's part of my own like mental health, like is right. I need to be able to like not only focus on like the injustices of the world and like how am I gonna talk to young people about all this horrible stuff and how am I gonna keep up with all this horrible stuff. Sometimes it's just nice to not think about it. I find it for me to be a very like mindless show I like to have a combination of shows that, like, I really have to pay attention and watch because it's really good. But I also like the really shows where, like, I don't have to think about it. I just can watch it for entertainment and let my brain kind of slow down, right. if that makes sense. So I would say that The Bachelor, Bachelorette, like, those type of drama shows are really my shows that, like, I can settle in at home and not be stressed by it. You know, that, that's really it. And it's like a something I can consistently watch every week that that and I also look for it like Ron likes to watch it too so it's like a show that we look forward to watching together like it's kind of like our way of settling in I feel like the bachelorette and bachelor is still something that like cuts through that that a lot of people watch it kind of cuts through the the fractured media landscape if you if that makes sense so I like that I also like that you can miss an episode <laughs> and like easily watch the next week and just be caught up pretty quickly yeah. from the recaps and the previews and stuff 
So it's not like you have to watch every episode. You can miss one here and there. And for me, like it's it's not like I'm sitting there watching it. It's it's on though. It's kind of like <laughs> like I'm not locked in on every line that's spoken. Mm. You know, maybe I have my laptop out or maybe I'm like on a, you know, talking to someone on the phone or something. It's kind of like I've I've heard it described as like second screen. It's like it's on but it's not like it doesn't have your undivided attention. Mm. So that's how it is for me. It's it's, it's on but I'm not like popcorn out just locked in so i was excited for michelle season though because i really liked her but usually yeah i'm like oh who is it all right like who oh, this guy clayton is the next one <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's like he seems fine i don't like have any strong desire to like watch how his life goes but i'm gonna watch it you know it's gonna be on uh Mich- michelle's i was excited she, she's a teacher you know represent the teachers and, you know. if you're thinking more of a general view of the show like if you're going to recommend it to someone else would you say that it's a good show to watch i would only recommend it to somebody who can interact with it the way i interact with it Mm. um because i i don't get involved really in the love stories i don't live and die by who falls in love and who gets married i don't follow social media i'm not on social media occasionally i might look something up after an episode to like see what's what but i let it go pretty fast what what I say to people when they say, really, you watch that show? And I'm like, yeah, it's a really incredible social experiment. I'm fascinated by these people who like sign up for this. And then the things they say and the conversations they have, it's like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about my fascination with psychology and human behavior. Two things, because I was thinking about this last night. One is I always want to see who he or she ends up with. Like, mm-hmm. who gets kicked off on that week. Like, I, in my head, like, I'm making bets, you know, who's going to go and why. Um, and at the end, not all the time, but a lot of the time there is love. And it feels like, oh, you know, yeah. like the rose petals and whatnot fall from the, you know, the, the engagement, you know, with the man getting down, like the fact that they, they give speeches and he chooses a ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still has that like fairy tale feeling at the end. So those, I think, those are the two reasons that keep me, keep me going. Bachelor Paradise obviously is a completely different scenario, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what keeps me watching that one. <laughs> I am not sure. Maybe because I know the contestants, yeah. and on Bachelor Paradise you see them in a different light. Mm-hmm. So somebody who you know on Bachelor or Bachelorette is you know edited out or, you know, presents themselves in a certain way, comes to Bachelor in Paradise um, either having, you know, seen themselves, like they change themselves or they react in a different way. And I like that. Like mm-hmm. I like being able to, to see them in a different light um, and just see that the format is different. I, it's, it's weird because I don't really, I don't really like it. I don't know if I would say I like it. I'm just like attached to it now. It's like a habit for me to watch it now because even though like I thought Michelle's season she was like the most recent bachelorette I thought her season was kind of boring but I liked some of the guys so I kept watching and it's also something I've been doing for the past two years so it's just like I'm not just gonna stop like I'm in this habit now I think I like that I feel like even though I'm not the bachelorette I make myself the bachelorette and then I'm like, ooh, I like this guy, I like this guy because he's this, that, and that. 
And like, I would like that for myself. So I would like that for the bachelorette. And we get to know like the bachelorette somewhat as we watch the show. I'm also just like, oh, well, this guy that she's attracted to isn't good for her. So she should pick this guy instead. So like, I think part of the appeal to the show is that I can put myself in his or her shoes and make decisions and get attached and be upset. Because even though the situation is not relatable at all, somehow I relate to the contestants on the show. Well, would you say that you like it better than the other shows that you watch? No. I don't like it better than any other show that I watch. Like, if I was going to list my favorite shows, The Bachelor or Bachelorette would never be on the list of favorite shows because I don't really like it that much. To me, it's not really a good show. It's just a show that I just watch. And it's like a guilty pleasure, kind of. And I notice, like, as I interview people about the show, they make it seem like they don't sit down, drop what they're doing, and watch it for two hours like I do. And it's, like, a shameful thing to watch. I don't know. Why Why don't you guys watch The Bachelor? I just don't really like reality TV. Like any? Yeah, I've watched... I watched, like, a few episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and I watched some of the... I don't know what they're called, but the ones on Netflix, like, um, Too Hot to Handle. I watched, like, one episode, and I was like, I don't like this. So I just... I never really started The Bachelor because I thought it was going to be the same way. I don't know. I feel like... I've seen episodes of The Bachelor when I was really little because my sister used to watch it. And I don't watch it because I also don't watch reality TV. The only reality TV show that I was interested in was the challenge for a minute because i guess i put myself into the show as well but not like being the bachelorette i was just like oh i could do that physical challenge i could do those things Mm -hmm. but i think that for me one of the reasons why i don't really i don't know i don't it can't really hook me is one just the competitive aspect of the bachelor is so bizarre to me that's why i i don't i guess i don't put myself in their shoes because i would hate to be one of the girls like competing for one man it's it's almost like idolizing like whoever the bachelor or the bachelorette is becomes like a god for a whole season that everyone wants to spend time with everyone like is literally worshiping this person and i would just hate (laughs) i would just hate to be one of the girls fighting for the bachelor or the bachelorette herself just having all these people. I don't, it would be really uncomfortable for me. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of the show. And if I'm not a fan of it, I'm not going to watch it. Would you ever go on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, Lamia? No. I think for the same reason that Mimi said, like, it just sounds so uncomfortable. You know, I do wish that we could, like, talk about the episodes because I know it's, like, super weird to overhear me talking about it with like teachers or students at school because it just sounds ridiculous it sounds fake but it's kind of fake but I mean it's still fun to watch but it's hard to like I don't know but I did do a survey uh I asked a bunch of people I was like so give me a reason why people should watch The Bachelor and I also asked them give me a reason why people shouldn't watch The Bachelor and I thought it'd be fun to go over those answers one of them says it's a glimpse into the human condition what do you guys think about that one i feel like i need more like human condition in what way could you try and interpret that 
I think what they meant by that was like, have you ever watched um, Total Drama Island? No. A long time ago, like a few episodes. <laughs> well, and Total Drama Island is like a cartoon reality show, like a survival show. And they have those like moments where they're in like the hut by themselves and they like talk yeah. to the camera. And you see that from the women or the men on this show. So they like are seeing exactly what they think about what's going on. But then you also see like people plotting or people like pitting against each other and their emotions being like extremely vulnerable for no reason, getting like overly emotional or maybe even not overly emotional, but it's just like a very vulnerable situation for people to be in. Like you were saying, why you wouldn't want to be on the show. So just seeing like everybody's responses to things and how competitive people get and everything, I guess that's what they meant by the human condition. I I don't think that would necessarily do it for me because the way I see it is I don't think that, you know, reality TV or The Bachelor specifically is an accurate representation of humanity in total. I think it's a part of humanity and my personal opinion i think it's an ugly part and it's like a really negative part but i wouldn't make the claim that oh like you know this is the human condition i think it it is part of the human condition that argument wouldn't do it for me and if it was like a a realistic portrayal of the human condition i think that's more of an incentive to not watch it because why would i want to watch something that's so like i don't know like if i'm gonna watch something for entertainment i'm gonna watch something that's not that doesn't remind me of people, you know? Like, I want something that's purely entertainment, not something I could get by talking to someone else or by seeing it in real life. Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like one uh, part of my hypothesis is that people who watch The Bachelor obsessively like it because they can relate to the characters' insecurities. So, like... If they see the bachelorette like struggles or a contestant struggles with being vulnerable and you'll literally watch them struggle to tell the person who they love that they love them, like watching them struggle. It's more interesting to watch on someone else than yourself, but you're still lured in because it reminds you of you. So you can empathize with the contestant. It's not it's like exploitment rather than vulnerability that the show kind of creates they exploit people's emotions or like private lives, which I think might appeal to some people as far as like people who lack in the romance area of their life or struggle with it. Like if you're watching a fictional romantic show and you see someone with the, if you see a character with the same like insecurities as you, at some point in the show, they get over their insecurities. And that could be like their coming of age moment or or that could be like the climax of the plot. And in that way, the viewer also gets to see, like, someone with their same insecurity, you know, getting over it and healing from it and, you know, um, working past it. But that doesn't necessarily happen in, in reality shows. Like, someone could just end up living with that insecurity forever. And I think there's also, like, a second-hand embarrassment factor in it because if I watch something that's fictional and I get second-hand embarrassment from the characters, I can just turn it off and say, oh, it's not real, it's scripted. But if that happens in a reality show like The Bachelor, I have to recognize that that was a very real thing that a person did. That's not interesting at all to you? 
No, no, not at all. No? I think it's interesting. I I think it sucks, but it's interesting. You know, I think that I'd have to learn more about what the show puts in place to support the participants. Um, because those people on the shows are often quite young, um, often show up with a lot of personal baggage. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, those who kind of stay in it for a long time experience a lot of pain. I don't know what kind of supports they get. I don't know what kind of real guidance they get. I don't know. Um, and I, I mean, yes, they're all adults, but I, I just, I, I think there are ways to move people through something like that more ethically than not. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, if it's just like, oh, you know, that was really screwed up. Great TV. You know, <laughs> that's different from, oh, that was really screwed up. We better get, you know, the, the on-call therapist to have a session with so-and-so and really, you know, are they safe? Are they, you know, dealing with their childhood issues? Are they, you know? And even the manipulation from the producers to coordinate specific, like, interactions. Right, specific dates, right. right. Or even, like, arguments between um, contestants that, like, spark drama. Oh, yeah. Like, put two people have been arguing, like, next to each other during the rose ceremony or whatever. People who aren't the bachelor bachelorette don't have the luxury of being in love with or taking advantage of all these people's feelings and having the right to just be like, oh, well, I just don't love you anymore, so this is the person that I'm going to pick to be my husband, even though I told you that I loved you, but just forget <laughs> about it. Like, it doesn't matter. Or even just the kind of evil editing and, like, ruining people's reputations on the show, but they have to leave and go back into real life and kind of suffer the consequences. Do you think how the producers of the show kind of profits off of that kind of behavior is ethical? That reminds me of, of the Ben, I think it was Ben Higgins, who did the double I love you, which was like a huge dramatic moment. He said, I love you to both of the two finalists. And people were like really up in arms about that move. Um, and so like, is it ethical? I, I mean, like legally, I think it's ethical because everybody obviously knows what they're getting into and signs up for it and signs on and they've, they've seen 20 plus years of like what the show actually looks like and then all the social media of like the people who feel like they've been wronged by the show and some of the I think some of the best episodes in the whole show are the after the final rose shows yeah right or like the women tell all or the men tell all where you get a psych sort of an unfiltered look at how they actually felt about stuff. Um, so I, I think that early on, it might not have been as ethical, but as as the series has evolved and we've, you know, had hundreds and hundreds of people to sort of pull back the curtain on what actually goes on and like the editing process of like, every season needs a bad guy or every season needs somebody that the country can sort of like unite against, like, you even have people sort of playing into that on purpose mm-hmm. for for followers and clout like you're talking about. So I think that it's, I think that you can't go into it blind and nobody's going into the bachelor blind. Like everybody knows, knows exactly what it is. Um, but I think, 
think it is like a, a gray area that sort of exposes you know what america likes to see and what america likes to watch and like that's that's sort of the scarier part to me in terms of the ethics of like why are we so into this why are we fascinated by this and you know why why are we so into seeing people's emotions so fraught and so tense and like you know that's even if it is fake for a while if you get to the point where you're seriously considering proposing to somebody you're seriously considering whether you're going to say yes or no to a proposal like no matter what that's pretty real but that doesn't matter either. i haven't thought about it until you <laughs> yeah that i guess that uh... yeah between the the way things are cut and the sound and the music and everything and I could see where, yeah, people are going to end up with this persona that really isn't them. Yeah, that, makes, that, that, that would be an unethical thing. It's really clear to me, one of the things that I think feels so different about like Matt versus Michelle's season is that it feels like Michelle feels safe and comfortable enough talking about this stuff on screen mm-hmm. and talking about her parents' experience being a mixed-race couple and her experience being biracial. And I don't get the sense that this is stuff that she really doesn't want to talk about and is sort of being like pushed and prodded into talking about. And so that makes me feel more comfortable because I do think these are important conversations, but I think people need to be the ones that are willing to have them. Like Matt didn't seem like he wanted to be doing this. It was sort of just being like thrust into this position. And that was really hard to watch because it was like, that's what I think is painful. is like forcing people to address their own trauma um, and like and where they fit into the system, like into the inherently racist system that we have in this country, mm-hmm. like on camera and like unpacking that in real time, I think that can be more traumatic for them. And so I don't know, I think it really depends on like whether or not the people that are being asked to do that heavy lifting on screen feel like, like they're being supported in the right way to do it. It's hard because you hear stories about how it really can mess with their mental state and how when people get off the show, they they just spiral because they're famous for five minutes and then they're expected to go back to their kind of real life. I think, I, I would say if I had to give an answer, I would say, you know what you're signing up for. You, It's easy for people to say, that won't happen to me. I won't be the villain. I won't get sent home night one. I won't get my heart broken. But there is the chance that you will be all of those things. And you're naive if you think that the show's not going to manipulate to make it good TV. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, but I also think the, the people that go on the show have to take some ownership of they know what they're getting into. I think I'd be more repulsed by that than intrigued. I think seeing someone like that, like that raw and that like real, I think I'd be like kind of put off by it. That's why I think The Bachelor is dehumanizing as well. And it's because you're a subject um, being used by an industry that doesn't care what is happening to you. Um, I think that show is a really traumatic theme. I think you being judged based on, you know, usually like looks and how much by some random person that they picked 
from the top for a means of drama and entertainment is a really despicable thing to do. And I don't like to, I don't want not even mean to like make this about government, but it gives like a capitalist theme, I think. Like you're supposedly starting on equal grounds and like the monetary value is the so-called love. And you're, you're there like fighting to make it to the top and you have no control. And it's, that's such a traumatizing thing to do to a person. And I, I don't, I, I don't judge the people, but I definitely judge the film industry and like the TV industry for, you know, making money off of people like that. Cause I think it's a really harming experience. And I know some people disagree, but overall, I, I, I don't think it's a good thing. Someone says the the oldest trick in the book, true love. It has the fantasy of Prince Charming. And then there's the more like lax um, argument as why you should watch it. It's something you can talk with lots of people about, especially people with whom you might assume have nothing in common. It's also a comfortable show to watch once you get into it and get familiar with the pacing, the beats, it's hits, etc. It's nice to slip back into that familiar mode every week. And I'm going to say something that I think could be a stretch. I know you both watch Squid Game. In that show, some people, you said, made the argument that it, it is ethical because people signed up for it on their own. And I think if we, like, you know, make that parallel with Squid Game, you could say, oh, yeah, like, they signed up for it on their own. And, and not at the beginning, they didn't know. But once everyone saw the money, they still signed up for it. I don't know how someone would argue that Squid Game is ethical, but in this in this scenario, I think it makes it even more sad that people signed up. And I think it says a lot about our society and, you know, how we condition people. It's a guilty pleasure. I get it. I don't think that's a bad thing, but I wouldn't argue for its ethical capacity. So then going into the arguments of why people should not watch them i think are funny one person said it's trash which it is it's horrible like that's why i can't say that i like it because the season right now like it's mind-numbingly terrible because it's like just girls screaming at each other for no reason like at the end of the day it is a competition but that's you're not supposed to like say that out loud and like i think it's funny that the girls that everybody hates and that are the most annoying are the people who really view it as a competition and one of them was like confused when people were like celebrating that one girl got a one-on-one date and she's like why are we clapping for her (laughs) (laughs) because and like in my head I'm like you know I was thinking that too because shouldn't I want the one-on-one date so why am I clapping for this other girl for getting the one-on-one date then I sit to myself and I'm like but you're not following the process. Like, that's part of the process. There's six weeks and there's two one-on-one dates per week, kind of. So, like, you'll get it eventually. But will you really get it eventually? Because if you don't get it, then you might be kicked off. So it's like this whole back and forth thing of, like, she's right for being realistic about it, but she's wrong because she's not just going with the flow of how The Bachelor works. Another person says... There's no real content necessarily. And lately, I would say it's adding too much drama purposely for viewers. Another person says it's contrived. 
the contestants are often manipulated to create drama and good TV watching, which is probably what makes it addictive. I think this person really, con their answer connects with what you said earlier about capitalism, I think. Though this issue has always been there a little, it's gotten worse in the last two years or so. The Bachelor franchise has become a show people participate in just to get famous, where they can launch their influencer and social media careers. As that industry continues to be a prominent part of American culture, I worry that the issue will only get worse on the TV show. Mm. Do you think you'll watch it now? No. <laughs> no, no, they're really, they're really, I, I, I honestly couldn't give you a good reason to watch it. I would like to quickly add that at the time that I recorded this episode with Mimi and Lamia, we were in the early weeks of Clayton's season. So it already wasn't going well, but it wasn't as bad as it was towards the end of the season. And I think I'd have even less of a reason to tell them why they should watch The Bachelor if we had recorded later in the season, but that's besides the point. At that time, I had specific reasons why I thought Clayton was not a good Bachelor. But what is a Bachelor supposed to be? Why did Bachelor Nation find him extremely blah? Maybe it's because Clayton is literally just your average guy who isn't responding well to staged romance or forced connections. There's no doubt in my mind that Clayton wanted to get married at the beginning of the process or to have a family. I mean, we saw in Michelle's season him crying over the letter that the children wrote for him. So I could tell that that's like something that he wants in his future. But based on the ending of the season, I mean, in my opinion, based on how he handled that situation, maybe he was not really ready or maybe he just didn't know how to close the deal in a good way i guess is the nicest way to put it but on top of that in a lot of the teenagers that i talked to about clayton he just didn't have the sex appeal social skills or confidence to be likable and watchable as the bachelor and clayton season is just all drama because clayton is kind of just there he's like peter yeah. He doesn't know how to handle drama, mm -hmm. which is going to make the whole season so interesting. I'm, I'm just, I'm so... You're not into it? I, I don't know. I, I have to watch next week's episode, see if I'll just tune in for a little bit and then stop watching. Or yeah. I don't know if I can listen to Shanae and Cassie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the... I actually, now that you're saying that, I think the show does a good job of finding the balance. Right, like continuing to get the viewer to be invested in the love story, but kind of in the middle there, there's this nagging, annoying, vil villainous person who's just making good TV along the way. I feel like they've lost that a little bit, these past, like this current season and Michelle's season, at least for me personally. I thought Michelle was a great bachelorette, but I think the guys on her season were kind of boring. Yep. And I was like, okay. And I, I think I appreciated that somewhat because she had a lot of really great guys. Yeah. But I think what bugged me about her season was that she, because a lot of the guys were so great and there wasn't a lot of drama, yeah. it was difficult. It might have been more difficult for her to like pick out people as 
later as early as she chose to yeah because i feel like a lot of time when there's drama like you see people's toxic traits much earlier yep. and you won't just like have these rose-colored glasses on when you're looking at them and honestly like when she picked nate i was just flabbergasted i was you were yeah i wasn't expecting her to especially of how like she talked about how much her parents mean to her and their opinions matter and literally everybody was telling her like he's not ready to get married even his own like parents said that to her and she yeah. was like nah it's fine but i don't know i felt like she definitely had do you think she should have chosen brandon i i don't think she should have chosen brandon though you think she should have chose joe no well, you're saying she had all these great guys. Who should she have chose? I really loved Rodney. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I loved yeah, yeah, Rodney, yeah. so I was like, oh my goodness. And she always had positive things to say about him. There was never a moment where she was like, I'm not sure about Rodney. But there were always moments where she was like, I don't know about Nate. I don't know about Brandon. Yeah. Or I don't know about um, Joe. Yeah. And I feel like Brandon liked her just a lot more than she liked him. So it made sense that she didn't pick him. But yeah. No, is it satisfying for you to like see a love story play out at all? It depends if I like the love story or not, which is usually no. What about you? Yeah. When when it's a fictional story, I like it when it plays out. But this is like weird, you know, because it's like like these people are going there in order to allegedly find love. When in other shows where it's um written out or when it's scripted it's all like by chance but isn't it still by chance because they don't know each other before they go on the show and then some people actually do find love and get married but it's still with the purpose of like going on this show and trying or maybe trying to find love like they like what you guys were saying earlier like they signed up for it but how is that different than a dating app because you sign well, up for a dating app How was what different? Like starting up for The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. Because it's not televised on a dating app. You're not getting any fame from a dating app. It's true. And you're not competing over one person either. Or you don't like, know if you're competing. Sure. <laughs> well, unless <laughs> I feel like I would be very confident on a dating app that I wasn't competing like with 30 other people because then i'm not i'm not competing like if there's 30 other people it's over that's what it is but on the show everybody thinks that their relationship is the strongest relationship and you'll hear like people be like oh like my spot is secured i this is my my man blah 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 or everyone thinks like they have it in the bag so even though they know that there are other women or men who are in the house and like or think they love the bachelor bachelorette, they're just like, it doesn't matter because our relationship is the strongest. So at least for me, I feel like in real life, I probably would never know or somebody would never know if the person they're talking to is talking to multiple other people. But you'd still be confident because you don't know and you believe that your relationship is so strong. Hmm. But there's still like the factor of no. <laughs> there's still a factor of um, knowing and then not knowing, and I think that's 
maybe the appeal of being on one of these shows is knowing like for a fact that this person is talking to other people but after all of that if you're like the person chosen then that means they chose you but then you know like if you're talking about when you're talking to someone or if you're dating someone you're talking to other people or like cheating or whatever you don't know so finding out that is more of like a shock i guess we've already like kind of talked about like we we all know the general concept of the bachelor at this point right right and we've all we've already agreed that it's not a realistic representation of love or dating yeah and then this was pretty much the consensus with all the people i interviewed it's unrealistic I believe there is one key reason that makes The Bachelor extremely unrealistic besides the manipulation of the producers. It's mostly the glorification of romance and the unrealistic representation of dating. I spoke with a few of my interviewees about this concept. But the key to glorifying and idealizing romance, as The Bachelor franchise does it, is giving hot, confident, admirable, close to perfect people with relatable issues a successful love story. Their relatability is what makes them seem like regular people. But they set up these romantic scenarios in beautiful countries and date activities which allow the participants to be vulnerable, but also to be sexual. I think this makes it easy to decipher whether there's chemistry or not, but it might make it harder to produce organic and genuine relationships. Do you think the show is or gives a realistic representation of love and dating? No. No. Why not? Because it's so set up. I think, I, I can't remember how many men they start out with, 16, 18 men um, that somebody else has vetted, somebody else has decided that these are the men that are going to be on the show. They're chosen because of their watchability, their viewability, mm-hmm. not necessarily for their compatibility. Um, Everybody wants to fall in love. They're very interested in this process, so they might force feelings that they that might not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's a contrived environment. They're locked away in one location, not out in the real world. So no. Do you think finding real love is possible on this show? Yes. <laughs> so how does that differ? Yeah. So well, there is chemistry that they can't control. One of the first contestants. I can't remember if it was the man or the woman. I guess it was the woman. It was her show, but she met a guy. He's a fireman, and they've been married for a very long time. I mean, through the entire, I guess, like maybe 20 years or something like that. So, um, and there've been here and there. There's been some some couples, and I do think that sometimes there's chemistry that comes across on the screen that you can see. Oh, you know, I mean, they're in love now. I I don't know if they're going to get married, but right. they're definitely in love by the end of the show. Realistic. Um... Probably, well, mm, okay. I think, this is a good question. How do I put this? Okay, the speed at which these people have to decide on each other, you know, like within a few days or whatever. I think that's becoming more common with like internet dating and stuff. Like people are making decisions about like potential partners like very quickly. Um, So in that sense, it's becoming more realistic, but I think the issue of like cameras in the room really makes it pretty unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get past the the TV crew idea. Like if I was on camera dating someone, I don't know how I would behave. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the show gives a realistic representation of love and dating? 
no because when you are starting to date other people you aren't doing it in this like paradise setting or like this really nice beautiful setting where you get to go on these extravagant dates realistic dating is like you're going to dinner you're going to have a couple of drinks you're going to the movies you're doing some kind of activity but it isn't necessarily any money that they want which is kind of what the show gets to do um up until recently you know, they get to travel all over the world and go to these beautiful places to go on these dates. And I think it's a lot easier to fall in love with somebody when there are no outside stressors either, right? Like they're not allowed to talk to family or friends or anybody else. And in reality, like you would invite that person to come hang out with your friends or see your family, meet your family in other settings before you would get engaged to them. But at the same time, I think you also get to know that person emotionally pretty well because of the show because you don't have as much of the outside stressors like friends and those types of dates so do you think finding real love is possible on the show yeah i think it's possible i think that some some people have but the likelihood is not i don't think is very great oh no way no chance zero percent like <laughs> so like i hear what you're saying about that that was so contrived with bachelor in paradise and i guess what i mean is it's just like more encouraged to have so many people just like hooking up with each other. And like the drama is like way more free flowing without any rules. It's hilarious in terms of what they consider to be real. Like you go on one date with somebody over the course of six weeks and it's like a hot air balloon, a two person dinner out of like castle. And then your favorite artist plays a single like concert just for you. Like, of course it's not real. Yeah. And then like this concept of, you know, falling in love with 23 people at the same time, that's not real. Um, so none of it, none of it is real. And I think you can see that from the fact that like, what, five people are still couples from the whole thing, like 45, 50 seasons. So I think that's another, we can get into this later, but that's another reason why people sort of like are into it because it's just a train wreck. Like you just can't not watch it in a short way to answer your question. No, I don't think it's real at all in terms of the way that dating actually happens. You know, a lot of people talk about love at first sight or like knowing right away or not needing a lot of time to make those big decisions. But I, I think that's so rare. Like, I don't think it's the experience of love and dating for the vast majority of the population. Okay, well, the fifth question is, do you think the show gives a realistic representation of love and dating? Yeah, I think it does because I, I have come to believe that falling in, in, in love, and there is some scientific data around this, as you probably well know at this point, like is very, very similar to like being crazy. Right. Like hormonally, you know, what's happening in your brain is not normal. It's not, you know, a baseline <laughs> um, place for your brain you know it's kind of like wacky and you know you're not really in a place to make great decisions when you're caught up in sort of the the whirlwind of, of falling in love and emotions and you know with the added you know um sort of high of being on a tv show and being under the lights and traveling all over the world I mean, not now because of covid but like doing new things and you know, the added, um, you know, intensity maybe of conflict with other people. I mean, I think that you, all the people on the show are in a heightened state of emotion. And so falling in love and, and all of that stuff, I think, is totally accurate. Is it a predictor for 
the rest of their lives? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. But I think it's authentic about how, like, what people look like when they're falling in love. It's a, it's a high. Okay. So then you do think that real love is possible to find on the show? I think it's possible. I think it's possible for people who are ready to come off the high and do the work that happens after the high goes away. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, we've all experienced those of us who have, you know, fallen in love. You have the high and the high goes away and you have to decide. You love a person, um, but every person's got their troubles. Just that high and just, you know, ho- hopefully it's gotten in really deep, you know, and you can be really committed to that depth, mm-hmm. you know, and do the work. A lot of people aren't ready to do the work. So, like, they'll get, the men got, like, uh, a letter. That's how it works. Uh, the host comes in with a letter, and they know if this letter, that's where the date card is. In the letter, in the envelope, there's a date card. And so somebody reads the date card, and the date card says something like, uh, are you willing to get down and dirty for love? And then everybody goes, ooh, what does that mean? Down <laughs> and dirty for, oh, what? And then they just, like, go to the place, and then they see the bachelorette, and she's just like, hi, boy. And then they'll, like, hug, and then you'll have, like, the little section of, like, clip to the one guy being like, you know, Randy went in for the hug and I was saying da 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 because how was he going to go in for the hug and we're all here, da 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 whatever. <laughs> so I had to go in and do this and that so that I could get her attention because I want to stay here and I'm really down for Rachel and I just, yeah, that kind of jazz. And then, you know, they'll do the mud wrestling so they all get shirtless and they all are, like, fighting each other in the mud. It's, like, this really, like, hot because they're guys who are shirtless wrestling in mud. So what other like expression of hot masculinity could you ask for other than guys shirtless wrestling in mud? Like that's supposed to be sexy. And that's supposed to make the bachelor go, oh my God, like Randy actually looks really good in the mud. Like, oh, and then everybody at home's like, oh my God, Rick in the mud? What? I like Rick. No, he's my favorite. And then the guy who wins is the strongest guy. So maybe that's appeal too, because the guy who wins is like masculinity competition. They'll win the group date and they'll assume that they get the rose for that date too. And then later on, Maybe in like the third or fourth week, they'll go on a trip. So they'll leave the country and they'll go to like Spain or South Korea or Thailand. And it's like now the group dates look like let's go to this spa and we'll have a competition to see who can give me the best massage. And one on one date will look like let's go open our chakras but we're sitting on each other doing this sensual yoga kind of thing and breathing in each other's faces. So is this really a moment for vulnerability or is this a moment to like sexualize a situation and call it romance? Another one is like, let's go horseback riding. Let's um, paint each other. And then somewhere in between this like 20 minutes of romance there's like five minutes of organic interaction, which is the, 
I, you know, I've never felt this way for anybody else. Like, when I'm with you, it's so easy and da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, do you really feel this way? Or do you feel this way because you just sat on his lap for 10 minutes breathing in his face? The idea of romance that they set up on the show, it's like, at least for me, it felt like mostly far-fetched date situations that would make anybody, like, swoon. Unless it's an ick for you, which most of the time is an ick for me. But it's like these far-fetched fairy tale romantic situations that no regular guy is going to take you to do. And then 10 minutes in the whole show of organic connection that makes the viewers believe, oh, well, they must be in love or they have this great connection. Because like we see them laughing together and they're kissing and like they seem happy and now they're at dinner together and they have this conversation about how, you know, my dad died from cancer and it was really hard for me. Not that those events aren't like sad and something that you'd want to share with your partner. But I don't mean to sound like harsh, but even though that was a traumatic experience for you, that's not necessarily something you should talk about in order to decide is this a person I want to propose to or is this a person I want to marry? Like, I feel like there's other conversations you should be having or other qualities that you should see in this person that you just don't get the chance to see because you're not in the right scenario to find that out. Oh. I, um, from what you were saying about, like, the the mud wrestling, I feel like a lot of people nowadays kind of confuse like romance like romantic love with like romantic lust and i think that might be a reason why like you know people always say like oh you shouldn't look at looks and then some people are like oh but you know certain types of people only look at looks and because of that you need to um work on yourself or work on like how you appear which debatable right but then it also kind of feeds into the idea that like romantic love is kind of obsolete and that it should be replaced with um lust instead do you have any thoughts about this Mimi yeah I think um I agree with what Lamia said and I think that affected the way I view relationships because I feel like there's some sort of connection or, or obligation to have lust within a romantic relationship and I think that's one of the reasons why like Sometimes I'm like, well, maybe I don't want a romantic relationship because I just don't want the, like, lust part of it. Or, you know, also in children, like, mm-hmm. I think, like, if we're having, if we're saying that romantic relationships must include lust or, or like, any sort of, you know, like, sexual situation, and we're feeding romantic relationships to children, I think that's a lot of pressure and I don't I don't personally think that's right like you said like a lot of people confuse romantic lust with romantic love and um it's become sort of like an unspoken rule that every romantic relationship comes with lust mm-hmm. and um so I think that there's and I don't personally think that's true and so I think that confusion has affected you know the way I view romantic relationships but i mean now that we have a general idea of the ways that love can be expressed and displayed 
next time we can get into the science of it like where does love come from where does like all the types of love come from in our brains and like what does it look like and what in our brains makes us attached or for some people obsessed to shows like the bachelor and stuff like that but thank you so much for being here today and talking with me